Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Jesse Cofield here on the DraftKings Network. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% in your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. we got a great show for you guys today. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out right here live, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, on the DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+, and a host of other delightful streaming platforms here. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Former NFL quarterback, Harvard man, going to join us here in a little bit. Help get us ready for Thursday night football on Prime. But guys, right now, exciting times in the kingdom. We get to welcome back. It is Wednesday, and that means our friend Charlotte Wilder, co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan, coming through here with all of her dick sporting goods like balls in the background. Charlotte, what's going on, bud? Yeah, isn't that nice, dicks? If you're out there, you know, think about Ooh, it. Yeah. Not an ad, but could be. Yeah, not an ad, could Possibly be an ad. Possibly you. Who's to say? Um, thank you, Mike. I'm so thrilled to be here. I have so many takes. I'm so excited oh, to talk boy. about everything we're going to talk about. Um, and I also just really love when it's like Andrew Whitworth, a, a million time pro everything. And it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard and was an NFL quarterback. And then it's like, but now Charlotte Wilder. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're right in that category of a, or above Charlotte. That's, that's all yeah. I have to say. That is so sweet of you, but I, I, it really brings me great joy every time that happens. 
Charlie, I, I, you now I, know how I feel every time my dad introduces my brother-in-law because I've been noticing it more and more lately. Hmm. That my dad really leans into the bio blast as if he's really a little bit more proud of what his son-in-law has accomplished because every time it's, oh, my son-in-law, Ben Broniker, went to Harvard undergrad, played four years in the NFL. He's in medical school now. He's married my daughter. He's getting ready yeah. to be a father. And I'm like, all right, this is starting to sound like shade. I don't know if this is a hit dog hollering right now, but he's really leaning into this wrestling promo he's cutting for Ben. Listen, I, I said I rank my kids every day, and that includes in-laws, and Ben has been at the top. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I can't sit there and lie, right? I mean, okay. just spot the lie. I mean, yeah. seriously. Look at the kid's resume. He's yeah, up, he's hard up, to damn, argue. Nowhere, we're near the top. So, it's hard I mean, to argue with that resume. Yeah, I mean, it really is hard to argue. You you just read the resume. As you were reading the resume, <laughs> while you're doing it, weren't you even saying, well, damn, that sounds pretty good, well, doesn't right. it? Yeah. 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 No, it all started actually kind of cracking to form there. So it <laughs> started to hit a little bit. Here's what I'm happy about is there are four of us on the set, and we almost equal the crowd in Tampa Bay oh, yesterday for the postseason. Was that too soon? Wow. Too soon? Well, that was good. That was a sick I'm sorry. Uh, seriously, postseason baseball started, oh. 19,000 showed up in Tampa Bay. The lowest the lowest capacity in postseason since 1919 World Series in the Black Sox scandal. That's bad. Oh, That's really makes bad. Me so sad. I mean, oh, I don't, no, the don't worry. Too. They're getting a new stadium. So <laughs> just right. some more people won't go in it. I have oh. no idea. I'm sorry. Thank I didn't mean to start out that no. way because it's actually been fun watching the first day of postseason baseball as the games averaged two hours and 55 minutes as opposed to what they've been like three and a half hours. So it's worked. The The pitch clock has worked. The games are quicker. And I love watching postseason anyway. So a couple of road teams won. We'll get into that. Texas over Tampa Bay, Arizona over Milwaukee as far as the road team. So always good uh, when uh, and we got basketball starting in 20 days. It's uh, it's a sports mecca right now. We love I, it. I do. I do enjoy actually baseball's postseason is kind of getting up there with March Madness for me of a sport where I casually pay attention during the regular season enough to be able to do the job here but I don't have a team that I really follow and so I'm not living it day in and day out the way Jared and the way so many baseball fans are but man I love coming through like a dumbass for postseason baseball just getting ready to park down watch you got it on all afternoon here Nick Castellanos has given everyone a pseudo middle finger in yes. Philadelphia yeah. Bryce Harper's rolling through stop signs Bryce Harper is one of those guys. He just is postseason sports embodied. Like he seems like a guy that lives to make the bad boy big time play in a big moment here. He's got all that clutch gene stuff that we love barking about in sports. And we got all that on day one already of the Major League Baseball postseason. So I'm with you guys. Like I get I get fired up for this in a way that doesn't fully make sense, considering my overall interest in the sport of baseball. Baseball to me is the most romantic sport. Baseball is, I love it so much. It makes me sad that um, it's not quite as in the constant sports conversation as maybe it should be. Um, but I'm also a part of that because I'm like you, Mike, these days, you know, unless the Sox, the Red Sox are really, really good. I'm, I'm sort of like, well, I'll, I'll tune in uh, a lot in the postseason, but there's nothing like postseason baseball. Like yeah. there's just a feeling walking into a, a ballpark is its own sort of um, spiritual experience in October. I, I don't I don't quite know how else to put it, um, but I am I am also very excited to to start having takes as if I have been an expert this entire time. 
that's the thing. We sit down like we we've yeah, been yeah, watching yeah. all season. You know, Zach Wheeler goes, you know, into the seventh inning with a shutout. You know, pitching great. You know, for uh, you know, you start talking about things that have been going on and nine like strikeouts all is year. incredible. And 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 we haven't right. I mean, even when I was covering baseball in the last couple of decades, it's like there's just so many games. Nobody wants to talk about game 59, so you look for bigger stories in the world of baseball until you zero in on the postseason, and then you then, then you jump on it. I've never understood the – I don't get the romantic part, because I've heard that before, Charlotte. You're not the first mm-hmm. to use that. It's romantic. I, I've never thought of romance in baseball. I, I, I-, I, don't, I don't know why. I mean, and romance is in my head now because of the Golden Bachelor, and I had to sit through that. Um, so that had that, that, to, well, you were, you were lucky enough to sit through that. No, I was, I, I was forced. I was forced to sit through that okay. one with, uh, That's with, fair. uh, my Charlotte, wife. Yeah. this is his bit. Every time I reality know. shows come on where he acts like my mom forces him to do all this. And then inevitably in two weeks after a couple more episodes, he's going to be unprompted offering takes to the family group chat because he can't help himself because this is who he is at his core. Well, what? April's out there a little bit. Let's be honest, right? April is the out there a little lady? bit. We'll, we'll get, there. get to the Golden Bachelor right. takes today. <clears throat> we got plenty right. in the hopper on that that we're looking forward to, Charlotte. I do think that the romance part for me is probably linked to my childhood. It's probably nostalgia. I was obsessed with baseball. Um, I also think that there there is a feeling in a ballpark because of the baseball is all about tension, right? Like you're waiting for you. Things are building up. You're waiting for that thing to snap, you know, that, that big hit that, you know, final pitch for a no hitter. It's like, are they going to do it? And, and I think it builds up this sense of like slow anticipation that has gotten faster at the pitch clock, of course, but that I think is really um, it's meant you're meant to sit there and and be there the whole time in a way that I think other sports are very focused on. Like, here's a burst of action. You can go get a drink. Here's a burst of action. You, and and baseball's a little bit more like holistic experience, I guess, is maybe how I would put it. Yeah, it's like cooking a brisket. You got to kind of do it low and slow for a while. I love making brisket references with oh, sports. Yeah. But, uh, Charlotte, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's why postseason baseball hit so different i remember talking to a play-by-play announcer one time which by the way uh, sean mcdonough i know is on the call i forget for which game (laughs) yesterday Mm -hmm. and has called baseball forever i am constantly in awe of play-by-play announcers ability to just weave between sports as multiple seasons cross over like sean's gonna go call one of the best college football games of the weekend in the midst of calling major league baseball's playoff we have guys do it in hockey all the time it is unbelievable to watch them weave through especially in baseball a sport where you listen during the course of a broadcast and there are so many specific stats. I remember Eduardo Perez yesterday talking during the Mariners-Phillies game about how, well, there's only one team in baseball better than the Mariners down three after the seventh inning. <laughs> I'm like, that is such an amazingly specific. First off, shout out to the statistician in the yes. booth for balling outrageous on that one. But it's just those little moments in a sport with so much information where I look at these guys and I'm constantly in awe of their ability to bounce back and forth between all these sports. So it is impressive, but I had a conversation with one of them one time about how it is somewhat difficult in baseball to sell stakes during a regular season where there are so many games where there is so much input but now we get to October and it's hey man you got three games in this wild card round and then it's kaput and the stadiums are juiced and there's a different energy all around I mean I got to watch the little moments that you get in a baseball broadcast watching all the different people respond and seeing the Philly fanatic in the background watching earnestly (laughs) 
during a Bryce Harper at bat late in that game was just so pure because he was even lost in the moment inside that giant green suit during what is a very romantic portion of the baseball season, Charlotte. So it's, it's, it's really impressive, dad. I listen, I, I enjoyed as well. The postseason Sean McDonough, by the way, calls hockey as well. I mean, you're right. <sighs> These guys, what they do and shout out, pulling the cur- curtain back. The statisticians and people in the booth really make us all sound smarter than we really are, it's, especially if you deliver it nice and smoothly like you knew that stat all along when somebody's holding up a card that has that stat on it and you make yourself look good with it. I'll say this, though, about baseball, and, and I get it because you guys weren't around when this was going on. And, and I even caught kind of the, the tail end of it as well. In all honesty, the best time to, to, to kind of get the visual of a baseball game is when it's on radio. When you just kind of sit back and you listen to the play-by-play, and there were some great ones years ago, decades ago, where you just sat there with your eyes closed and they just painted that picture for you. And you could hear, you, when they called the pitch, you could hear the crack of the bat so you knew the ball got hit and where was it going to go. That, that was very, very cool. And obviously, it's changed. And like I said, you guys won't know a lot about it. That That's really going back, you know, the nostalgia way. But that was a great way to hear a baseball game as well. That's romantic. I can say, you just got romance. You got romance. My dad I, I, used see, to fall asleep with the radio on underneath his pillow to the baseball games until it ran out of battery. Like, that's so, that's like so pure so oh i don't God. okay i i'll say pure more than romantic R- maybe romantic my de- in the sense of yeah. of of nostalgic and of of you know sort of beautiful and like when you say paint a picture like that to me is romantic i'm like oh okay yeah amazing dad it sounds like baseball just asked your parents permission to ask you to marry that like that, yeah. that was as romantic as it gets right there. Baseball's been whining and dining you your entire life, and you just had no idea. You were oblivious that the love of your life was right there in front of you. It's baseball like a romantic- just took its glasses off. Yes. Yes, baseball just took its glasses off, undid its hair from the ponytail, and all of a sudden you looked at baseball in a completely different light, and you realized how happy the two of you could be together. You guys are weird. You guys, you guys are really <laughs> weird. I got nothing else to say, but you guys are weird. All right. Well, with that in mind, we have a lot that we want to get to here in this hour with Charlotte, um, including a look at one of her favorite coaches and Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin, both at a really interesting crossroads, I think, with their teams that we'll get to in a little bit on the NFL front. But while we're talking NFL and romance, Charlotte, I I mentioned this briefly yesterday a bit. We've arrived at a very interesting place in the NFL news cycle as it pertains to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, because it's starting to seem like we're just settling in for the long haul on this. All the reporting around it indicates, no, it's pretty sincere. They're enjoying talking to each other, and this is not the sham or charade that people want but even you know regardless of the sincerity we're settling in this has been a storyline for a while and it's been around here but i've said we've also sort of reached the think piece portion of the news cycle and it's brought about a bunch of the same problematic tropes that we've seen pop up over the years in different instances so i i wanted to see how you'd been reacting to a lot of the headlines that we've seen start to pop up around this Yeah, I was yesterday watching all this stuff come in and watching all these. It's 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 mostly it's men on sports shows being like, okay, you know, we get it. Welcome new Swifties. But like, we've had enough. Like, we we don't need to keep panning to her. We don't need to keep talking about her. We don't need to keep doing this. And I understand the feeling of ubiquity of feeling like if you see too much of someone, you're going to get 
tired of it. Like that's personally why I don't post that much personal stuff on Instagram because the more stuff I see from people I know on Instagram, just constantly posting about themselves. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to like you less. So I sort of, (laughs) I understand that aspect of it, but first of all, that's not Taylor's fault. She's going, she's going to football games. And to me, that is all of these people. Like I saw, um, I saw a few different clips of people being like, you know, new Swifties, we're happy to have you, but like, we've got to chill out on all of this. And that to me is not about Taylor Swift. That is about stay in your lane. It's very, it's very coded to women. Um, And to me, the thing about sports media that drives me absolutely insane is that it is, there are a lot of men in this space who like to think that it is rocket science and who like to use big words and make it seem much more complicated than it is to keep out people who were not traditionally socialized to need to know this stuff. I get very fired up about this. Like triple coverage just means it's one guy guarded by three other guys. Like that's not rocket science. And I think that as these new people come into this space, people who also, first of all, a lot of Swifties already watch football. A lot of Swifties already knew what was going on. You don't have to talk to every new, every Taylor Swift fan as if, oh, she, she, because it's always a woman when they talk about this, is just discovering football. But I think that there is a, a gatekeeping aspect of sports media that when guys are saying this stuff, it's really saying, here's my construct of the world in which Taylor Swift and the NFL are not, do not go hand in hand. Those are separate things. And it's threatening to think that maybe her fans who are coming in who weren't traditionally football fans are going to figure out that what we've been doing this whole time is not actually some secret club. It's actually something that is very open to everybody else if you are willing to talk about it in a way that invites people in. So I get very fired up about this. I think everybody needs to just chill out. And if you're annoyed that the broadcast is cutting to her, then you know what? I'm annoyed when the broadcast always cuts to, like, you know that kicker from four years ago who happened to be at the game. Like it, it, you know, it's, it, it really does it it, to me. It is, it is not about Taylor Swift. It is about men wanting to keep people out of this space. And that drives me absolutely insane. Uh, Listen, I, I, I think it's ridiculous as well. I mean, you're not missing a football game. They go into the booth, they shoot Taylor Swift. They talk about her for uh, a, a little bit. And then you want, you're not missing plays. You're not missing the game. And you're so right about thinking it's a, it's this complex, you know, and I, I even think that too with some, some analysts out there is like you try and talk smart to sound smart when yeah. it, it's not right. It, is it difficult? Yes. It's most difficult for the quarterback. Yes. And what they have to do, but trying to throw out coverages and saying this and that, I mean, come on, keep it simple, keep it light, keep it fun. It's a game and let's move on to this. This isn't some, you know, great bastion of society that we need to keep to ourselves that nobody else is allowed in. It's ridiculous. You're allowed to have some fun. You're allowed to smile a little bit. You're not missing any football. You're getting a little Taylor Swift information. I mean, smile, enjoy it, and move on. Let's not make more out of this than it really is. No, but it, it, and Charlotte's right in that it, it is like a response when people threat, feel threatened by something yeah. new coming in. Like you saw it even within the context of just football yesterday. I saw Kyle Brandt clip go viral where he's bashing the Dolphins offense, thrilled that they got picked apart by the Buffalo Bills in that game because so many people were billing them as the hot new thing. And sometimes there's a reaction when people feel like someone's gone overboard in their praise of a thing and they get to see it fail there when 
I mean, in actuality, that line of thinking, we'd still be running ISO formations. We'd still be running under center and fullbacks in the field, backfield every play if everyone operated that way. And much the same way with this, Charlotte, I always go back to, and I I look at now the sports landscape and the way it's covered, the way it's talked about. There's a lot of people that have made the sports viewing experience better, made the conversation better around sports that traditionally would not have been ushered in, right? It used to be just gold jackets and former players ushered in. We didn't have the Mina Kimes of the world, the Pablo Torres of the world, people like you that did not have a background specifically playing the sport that have come in and enriched the conversation that have provided different vantage points and allow it to be better. Dad always references Bill Curry, you know, former great NFL player, broadcaster, all around phenomenal human being talks about this idea of the huddle where all of these people from different backgrounds come together for a common goal. And it's like, Dog, the most football guy on earth is telling you exactly how this should go with us letting more people into the conversation because it makes it better. And yet for some reason, people can't stomach that when all of a sudden the source of that conversation comes from this vantage point of one of the biggest pop stars on earth. And I also think that you're totally right, Mike. There, There's also um, in sports media with all the Taylor Swift thing, there is a little bit of like act like you've been there before like you know announcers being like oh here's my blank space reference and it's like okay well i think we're past that point i also think sports is anybody here who's like oh this is just celebrity gossip like this is taken away from the game sports is celebrity gossip we are gossiping about celebrities who play a game sports i think for a lot of men it is a way to an emotional safe space to feel things and to gossip about stuff and feel connected to other people by talking about other people and it's the same thing as taylor swift so everybody's got to realize that these are actually like hand in hand pretty close to the same thing you don't have to prove anything by saying you don't like it you don't have to prove anything to us welcome swifties and football fans alike let's talk tomlin belichick next All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Michael Jr., Michael Sr., Jesse Cofield, Charlotte Wilder. It's a quad box sighting here on a Wednesday morning. (laughs) Um, And guys, there's something that I was actually waiting until we had Charlotte on to talk about this week because I wanted to get near and dear to her heart with the New England Patriots because we got problems right now. And really, we've got problems for two of the best coaches in my lifetime, the most dependable figures 
in Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Bill Belichick. As we currently look at these teams right now, the Steelers, two and two, so not falling off a cliff by any means in this NFL season, and the Patriots sitting one and three, both seem to kind of have a little bit of existential dread around their programs. For the Steelers, it's more predicated on the offense. It's this decision about Matt Canada, the future of that team. Kenny Pickett dinged up after this last weekend. You lose an embarrassing fashion to the Houston Texans this weekend in a way that's sort of making you reevaluate everything. And on the other side, it's a similar situation for the New England Patriots, Charlotte. Bill Belichick suffers his worst loss ever this past weekend as the New England Patriots head coach. And Mac Jones looks listless. The offense doesn't seem to have found its way back to form like people hoped this year. And now I think it's got some people wondering about how long we continue to do this with one of the best coaches of all time. I don't know if that's hyperbolic. I don't know if among Patriots fans it's a similar conversation or not, Charlotte, but that feels like where we're heading. I I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, I was like, oh, so this is what the rest of the NFL has felt for 20 years. Like being an NFL fan isn't fun. Like, I thought it was fun for 20 years. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I get to watch the greatest quarterback of all time just sling the pigskin down the field and then we win. Um, That is not the experience I'm learning. Shout out Lions fans. You guys are amazing. Um, I think Which which is turning around, which is so exciting. But I think watching this, I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do about Bill? Like, what do you do about Bill? And I started imagining the conversation between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and being like, so... Thank you for your service. But um, we are because because at this point, what has he done? What has he done since Brady left? And I know I sound like a parody of Boston Sports Radio, but honestly, the coolest thing we've seen from the Patriots is a blocked punt against the Dolphins. That is the coolest thing we have gotten all season. And at this point, and it's all Bill Barnwell over at ESPN. Dear friend, love this guy very smart, wrote about the Patriots that with Bill O'Brien, you know, captaining the offense, manning the ship, whatever you being the offensive coordinator, uh, it's almost worse with Mac Jones because last year you could blame it on Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and whatever that hodgepodge of coaching situation was. But now it's like, oh, you have someone who not only has worked with Mac Jones before, but who is very good at his job and it's still not working. So... I think ultimately it's on the head coach and what are, what are, what are, what are we seeing from Belichick? Uh, well, I, I think I think a, a couple of things. We've had the goat play, and, and you're right. You guys would see a season, Boston fans, and whatever sport it was, and then you'd have a parade, you know, and everything was great. It was just how it should be, you know. You guys weren't the normal fan, that's for sure. You got way more parades uh, than than other places were getting. So there's a couple things here. You had Tom Brady, which could be the fixer of all. And then you went, you have Mac Jones, who unfortunately is not. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the future quarterback of the Patriots. So right there, it, you knew the next quarterback wasn't going to be as good anyway. And then it was a matter of finding the next one. And they have not. As far as Bill in the end, I mean, let's also be honest. There are there are coaches both in the pros and college, and very few of them, they're going to call their shot. Bill Belichick's not getting fired. Bill Belichick is going to leave when Bill Belichick wants to leave. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be a discussion with he and Robert Kraft about what's going forward and and how we're going to be going forward and what we're going to do and do they mutually agree upon something. But this isn't going to be, uh, I don't believe, a firing. This would eventually, if 
maybe they came to a conclusion that Bill would want to step down or step away. But if he wants to keep coaching, in, in my in my opinion, I think he'll keep coaching. I don't think he'll be asked to step away from the Patriots, and they're going to have to try it with a different quarterback. I, I think that's where this team is headed. Unless Bill doesn't want to coach anymore, I think the next step is, what's the next quarterback for the Patriots? Yeah, a few weeks ago on the Levitard show, um, our dear friend Mina Kimes, I asked her, I was like, how should I feel as a Patriots fan? And she was like, well, I don't think there's any other coach you would want coaching this team. Like, there's no one who's going to do a better job with the roster they've got. She was like, you can take real issue with Bill, the GM, though. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe it's time to separate those two roles. I don't want I don't want Belichick fired. I don't think there's anyone who's going to do a better job overall managing a team. I mean, for all for all we talk about, like, since Brady left, blah, 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 like, Bill did that too. Like Bill did that too. As a GM though, this, this strategy of, you know, finding white lacrosse players is not working anymore. So. Yeah. That's a lot easier to do when you've got the greatest quarterback of all time. And you look at his recent draft history in the years since Tom Brady, it hasn't gotten any better in terms of the offensive production that they've been able to bring into the building. They've traditionally had a problem hitting on highly drafted receivers and skill players. Even the offseason spending spree that they had a couple of years ago post Brady didn't really bear the kind of fruit you were thinking. You've got one 2021 wildcard loss to show for all of your wares in the last few years. I'm with you. He's not going to get fired and he shouldn't get fired. But I do wonder how long Bill's going to want to do this. Yeah. Like whatever this version of the Patriots dynasty, when you've been eating caviar for so long, he is still deserving of so much of the credit for what went on during those 20 years. The revisionist history that's going to go on as this thing gets uglier is going to be misguided because you just don't get everything that happened there without the control that he's able to maintain on that organization for so long. I was always in the camp of let's give more credit to Brady because he's the player on the field because right. he's the guy yes. actually doing things. And that's how this sport works but that doesn't mean we need to rob it from bill on the other side the tomlin situation isn't that far of a cry from this either guys now he's at a place where there's been more more popes than steelers coaches in the last few years so we know they're not going to fire him here right and i think in both cases they've got easy outs the patriots are going to move on from mac jones after this year if things keep up this way they got the decision to make about his fifth year option in the spring and at this rate it's going to be a pretty easy one even if it's not all his fault even if bill has to wear the fact that he undermined mac jones development with the decisions he made at offensive coordinator last year and to some extent this year it might be on Matt Jones's fault that there was never going to be much development beyond that rookie year. But either way, that's going to be the easiest course of action. And for Mike Tomlin, while he's come out and publicly backed Matt Canada so far this season, said this week amidst calling for changes on the roster that they weren't going to make a change at offensive coordinator at this juncture. Dad, that's the easy place for him to cut off the arm to save the rest of the body if this thing continues to go south for the Steelers this season. Well, and and you mentioned it there where I was going to go. You have two guys in Tomlin and Belichick that can basically call their shots. So the people that are going to be out are those that are leading on offense on the field, and that's Mac Jones, and then leading on offense on the sidelines, and that's Mac Canada for sure. I called that the Steeler Raider game a week ago, and the stats on the Mac Canada era, he got there as a quarterback coach in 19, I believe, and then became the coordinator a year later. Since he's been the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, they're 26 in points scored, 31st in yards per play, uh, 30th in passing yards per attempt, and they're the only team during his tenure that has not had a 400-yard offensive output in a game. So it is 
awful. The offense is awful. And, and do you throw everything on Canada? No, but you look for places to make changes. You know, and it's not going to be Kenny Pickett right now. It looks like he may try and play uh, this week. Then they have a bye. He could have 14 days after that. So where do you make that changes? And I, I don't have any doubt. I, at least I don't think that Matt Canada by this by the end of this year, maybe by the midpoint, is not going to be calling plays for this team anymore. Guys, Matt Canada. It's too good of a name for a guy to blame everything on. Matt Canada? Mm. Like, are you kidding? That's like that's like someone made that in a lab to be like, it was his fault. I can't explain it. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody else. <laughs> but blaming something on Matt Canada, it's like Yes, there you go. You're welcome. Am I wrong? Am I no, wrong? No, Matt Canada sounds like the fake name wow. that you leave at the desk at a hotel when you're yeah. a celebrity wanting to check in anonymously. Yeah. Like, that's, like, oh, yeah, I've got you. Can I get two room keys from Matt Canada? That's 100% who that and is. And he was the next guy, right? He was he was the star in college. He was bopping from colleges. He ended up getting a, it was at Maryland. Then there was the interim head coach there for a bit. So he was this hot young coordinator coming into the NFL, and it just flat out hasn't worked out. It's proof that not all motion is good motion. Like that was Matt Canada's yeah. thing in college. He yes. shifted. There was a lot of jet motion here. And it's like, you know, that only works if there's a purpose behind it. It really hasn't seemed like there's as much purpose behind that. But speaking of motion with purpose, coming up next, let's get to a couple of guys that are trying to push the envelope on what the NFL MVP is allowed to be. It's Kentucky Derby time. Are you ready for the greatest two minutes in sports? Saddle up with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Download DK Horse now to join the Run for the Roses action. New customers can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS, 21-PLUS in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See terms at dkhorse.com. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Let's take a look at DK's MVP odds here for non-quarterbacks. Okay, as you can see, Christian McCaffrey is leading the way here. He's at plus 2,000. Then you got Michael Parsons, plus 5,000. Oh, it's starting to get a little steep here as we head over to Tyree Kill at plus 7,500. Justin Jefferson sitting there at plus 7,500 as well. And then rounding out our top five here, Miles Garrett at plus 10,000. Guys, the last non-quarterback to win the award was Vikings running back Adrian Peterson all the way back in 2012. So what do we think? Does CMC have a chance here? You know what's wild is, while in some ways that is an eternity ago and makes me feel absolutely decrepit, it also wasn't <laughs> that long ago that we're talking about it. Now, 2012, you could say, was on the line of demarcation where we still had a league that wasn't as driven by the quarterback at that point as it is now. We hadn't made the full switch to the spread offenses that have put them at the center of the world and all this drop back heavy league. It hadn't become a nickel passing league. I think just yet back in 2012, 
But even now, Dad, it feels like such a far cry from that point. And it feels like we've kind of silently agreed to silo off like the, you know, offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year as the places where we acknowledge the others in here. And the MVP has just become completely and totally a quarterback for reasons, quite frankly, that I understand. Like, I don't know if you have a problem with this. I really don't because I understand the math problem that's at play here. I've I've had a problem with it, but I I just kind of do it for show now because I get it. I mean, it's a passing league right now. So I understand the quarterback's the most important position. You know, I have an issue with the Heisman Trophy. Uh, as well, it always going to How a quarterback. Uh, I mean, my God, people start looking if you haven't already. Brock Bowers, the kid from Georgia, uh, could easily be the best player in all of college football. But that's a discussion for another day. I, I just think this is where the league is now. It's quarterback league. Quarterbacks are even more athletic now. They're they're, they're, they're running so well as well, as far as and passing as well. So I'm with you. The offset is the offensive and defensive player of the year, where you kind of have that competition for all the others. So while I will continue to complain about it because it's supposed to be a league wide award, it has become specifically or 99% of the time a quarterback award. So while I understand it doesn't mean I, I, I really like it quite honestly, because I think there are other incredible players out there. But the fact is the quarterback does touch the ball every play and have a say basically in every play on the field. So begrudgingly, I understand it more today than other years. I think this year especially is interesting because there's not a quarterback where you're like, oh, my God, that guy is really just lighting it up the way you would for Christian McCaffrey, who had four touchdowns last week against the Cardinals, who caught for th- uh, caught for one, ran for three. He had, what, 106 yards rushing. Um, watching him play, there was a moment where he hurdled one of the Cardinals defenders, mm. like straight up, just like yeah. was running, did a hurdle like he was in a track meet and then I believe scored a touchdown off of that play. I, or if not, got very close and then scored a touchdown. Um, and it's it's like otherworldly stuff. And a few years ago, we saw this from Derrick Henry when he had his 2000 uh, rushing yard season. And I was a, I was like, give it to Henry. Like, let's see. You know, I, I mean, I just I the running back situation and the market for running backs and what they're paid makes me so mad because right now they are carrying so many of these teams. I mean, the Giants without Saquon. Daniel Jones is their best running back right now. Like they they rely on these guys so much and then it just is not shown in the contracts. But I I, I would love to see you go to a running back if if someone like Christian McCaffrey continues this kind of season. Well, I was going to say, Mike, I I wonder, too, isn't it your definition of MVP? Now, a lot of times that you're looking, is it a player who led their team? Because it's a regular season award. But do you need your lead lead your team? to the playoffs and be one of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, you know, or or a guy like Puka Nakua. He he could literally break the record for receptions in a year held by Michael Thomas and yards in a year held by Kelvin Johnson. But if they don't make the playoffs, he could get offensive player of the year, but he wouldn't get MVP of the year. So uh, well I, my problem with that is is the conversation of value to each team. Right. Like I would look at that Rams offense and still say a healthy Matthew Stafford is worth more to you on that offense than what Puka Nakua has done. Puka's been incredible, but what a healthy Matthew Stafford affords you in that offense is more valuable. That's why Christian McCaffrey, especially for all of us at this point, because the sample size with Brock Purdy is so small, we're not willing to anoint him the sole driver of that offense. We look at Christian and say that. The same is true for an extent in Miami with Tua 
because of Tyreek Hill. I would put him firmly in this conversation. If we're going to give out a non-quarterback MVP at this juncture of the season, I would always point to Tyreek Hill. And this is a conversation I heard Dominique Foxworth have a lot last year. What he affords you with his skill set in that offense is the reason it's allowed to be different than the other iterations of the Shanahan McVay tree, because you've got a guy who's the most unique mover in the NFL at the helm of that offense. And yeah, he's not a quarterback, but what he does for the rest of that team is the kind of effect that you would expect from an MVP to Charlotte's point about Derrick Henry, who absolutely is that going away for that Tennessee Titans team right now. Yeah, I think that there is so many. I don't the the idea of MVP in general is so um, complicated because it's like looking at this league full of the greatest people. It is so hard to get to the NFL. It is so hard to play professional football and then to be like, okay, who of these these freak specimens of athletic ability is the one who is most valuable to the team? And that's so subjective too. just, you know, in, in talking here, what does most valuable mean? Does it mean like you're on a bad team and you save them from being worse? Does it mean that you, t- you know, it, it's so it, it's not clear. And I think what it's come to mean is like the greatest player on the field. But that could be so many different guys week to week. Well, to that point, J.J. Watt, I thought, offered an interesting portion of this because the Texans in the lead up to J.J. Watt going in the Ring of Honor put out his stats from 2014 with the caption, J.J. Watt should have been the MVP in 2014 and showed all the different accolades. He had five touchdowns, 20 and a half sacks, 78 tackles, five forced fumbles all pro at two different positions. And J.J. Watt quote tweeted and he said, the honest truth is that it's physically impossible for any one player to be more valuable than the quarterback. They touch the ball every single play. A quarterback should win the MVP always. Best player and MVP are often, but not always the same. Aaron was very deserving pointing to that season. So J.J. Watt saying the part of this that's become difficult to ignore, which is they've got an outsized influence on every portion of the game. Jed, I always give you grief for defending Defensive lineman, you make two plays behind the line of scrimmage a game and you're on a Hall of Fame trajectory at that position. If you're a quarterback and you screw up two plays in the game, you're getting talked about on first take Monday for your job being on the line. The positions are just so wildly different for the bo- all of these across the board that it does make it really hard to look away from the shiny thing with the golden arm in the middle of it. So let me ask you both this. Charlotte, you can start if you like. Who's the best player in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes. Boy, the yeah. Charlotte, your voice got deep. Well, because because I, I thought think, you said you know, both of us. Sorry, I, <laughs> oh, you did. You I did, did, but then I said Charlotte go first, but that's okay. Um, well, if we're going off of last week alone, Zach Wilson <laughs> is he the best player? <laughs> oh my God, no, um, no, sorry, he's the prisoner sorry, of the sorry, moment. Sorry. Yes. He had, a, but he had, he had the only, he was the only person to have better stats than Patrick Mahomes in a in a game that Patrick Mahomes started in college or the NFL. Right. Yeah. Like that's absolutely hilarious. Oh my God. That is so, I know, which is also like, maybe you just need a Taylor Swift size trip on your shoulder the every week. Um, just kidding. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think though that there are guys who are not in as good of a situation as Patrick Mahomes um, with Andy Reed. Um, like, reflexively, I want to say Joe Burrow because I so badly want that to work out and I'm so mad at the Bengals, but yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes, Mike. Yeah, there, there, there's part of me that leans either Christian McCaffrey or Justin Jefferson uh, on on this, but it is hard to go away from Patrick Mahomes and what he does. So, those would be the three I would have. 
Um, and I guess if, if you push me up against a wall to decide, I would probably just because of all the things he does, Mahomes is probably going to still be that guy. That's the other part of this is it is tough to overcome inertia in any field, but especially in the NFL, when you've got a guy that's banked that many winnable moments and that many wonderful in the postseason, too. He still got this thing. He did it in the postseason and then he went and green mushroomed everybody else in the NFL by stamping his legacy indelibly on all of our little peanut brains and making me so afraid to pick against them ever again like I did last year because I'm an idiot. Coming up next, let's look at the most miserable MVP in sports. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament all the way through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. So whether you're bought in on heat culture at this point or think the Boston Celtics can survive a bump in the road, we got options for you. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code GOJO only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golick, Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Charlotte Wilder, and Jesse Cofield. We will get to our look back at the week one of the Golden Bachelor. Oh, We've got night two coming up on Thursday in a little segment we like to call Reality Check, the perfect place to end our first hour of the show and to end a Wilder Wednesday. But before we get to that, guys, I need to play you the most compelling bit of video footage from NBA Media Days. We've got so much going on right now the dame lillard trade james harden apparently getting ready to come to camp and make it real awkward for the 76ers but there is no greater reminder of who this league belongs to than this soundbite from Nikola Jokic yesterday who came back and was asked about if this was the most enjoyable offseason that he had had in his nba career this past summer the most fun you've had since you've been in the nba no i think it's actually opposite <laughs> Because we played two and a half extra month and recovery and everything, so it was it was good. But I had fun summers that I had more fun. No, wow. because I had to play two and a half extra months of basketball, win the championship that had been the only thing missing from my resume, enjoy the fantastic parade. There has never been anyone, I think, more relatable to 99% of the human population than Nikola Jokic, who literally looks at it. And I saw, I think, I think it was Dragonfly Jones who said, we hear ball is life all the time. No, no, no. Ball is work for Nikola Jokic. I would Period. Like, end of sentence. I would like to point out that he made it a point to say actually that it was actually the opposite. They're like, was this the best summer that you had? And he was like, actually the opposite. Like it's the worst summer he's had. This this guy begrudgingly made $47 million on the basketball court last year and, and, and did not enjoy it. 
Uh, I, I mean, it's unbelievable for those that bust their humps to be out there and play and be a pro and just have a guy just just absolutely smoke you who really doesn't would rather not be there, would rather be hanging out with his family and his horses in Serbia. Yeah, I'll be here. I'll take your 47 mil. I'll win the trophy. But man, I'm not enjoying this at all. See, I don't know that I fully buy it. I think this might be a situation where it's one of those things that you can say because you have the thing you want most. I think it's very easy to be like, oh, man, I wish I had like a little more time off or like I wish I could do race my horses a little bit more because he won the NBA trophy. He won the Larry O'Brien. He is an NBA. Like, you know, he said in this press conference also that what he loves about their team is that they built it from the ground up, that a lot of those guys that they drafted, homegrown, developed, are still there. He was like, that's how it should be. And he was like, we were building for a long time, four or five years, we're finally here. That, to me, betrays a little bit of like, you do want this. You do want this. And I think that, I think that yes, it is very relatable, but I also don't think you get to the point that Nikola Jokic is by actually not caring. I think that Nikola Jokic is one of the most important figures in North American sports right now because I do choose to believe, and maybe it's me suspending reality a bit because there's probably some kernel of truth there. He's had to care enough to get in the gym to get to the point he's at right now, but he doesn't care all that much. It's yeah. total reverse Mamba mentality, and I think it's important, kids, to learn this valuable lesson now. You need to be here for the right reasons. You need to be motivated intrinsically in the world of sports to work hard and do your thing and accomplish what you can do with the best of your physical ability because eventually you're going to run into one of those. Everybody in their sports lifetime is going to run into a player that is so naturally gifted, that is so great at what they do and does not like the sport. Dad, you and I both know, I played football with plenty of guys that didn't actually like playing football, yeah. but they were so good, they were going to yep. change their family's <clears throat> lives with that because they walked out of the hospital with more and they're just balling like that. And you have to have everyone has that sobering moment where it's like, oh my God, my better is not even anywhere close to better enough to best a guy who doesn't even want to be here right now. This could be the most important thing in the world to you, and it's not going to matter. So kids, learn that lesson now, because eventually we all run into that boogeyman, yeah. and his name in this case is Nikola Jokic. Yeah, especially at that level when you're all playing at the top level and he can still deal on you because even at the top level, there are different levels and he's on that different level. And it's just got to make people shake their head a little bit. Uh, whether it's a little bit of a game like Charlotte says, I, I still think it's more on the side of this dude is just playing because these are his God-given talents, man. So he's going to make the most of it and put himself in a great position to go race his horses. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, I don't think he doesn't mean what he's saying. I think he does mean what he's saying, but I think that there is another side of him that maybe he is less in touch with or less vocal about, but that exists to have gotten him to the point that he's at. And I do think he cares a lot about his teammates. Yes. And I think that that is where you start to be like, okay, but you care enough. Like, you weren't going to leave them in the lurch. You weren't going to throw a game so you could get back to your horses because yeah. you love Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray too much. But now that he's got the Larry O'Brien, maybe that's on the table. Oh. That's a very exciting prospect going into this season. Uh, we will get more into plenty of that. You can get plenty more of that with Oddball, Charlotte Wilder, Amin El Hassan. Every day besides Monday, giving you that NBA goodness going into the start of the season here. But guys, speaking of goodness, I don't know if you heard. 
The Golden Bachelor premiered <laughs> last Thursday to a three-year high for the franchise. September 28th premiere rose to 7.7 7 million viewers after three days of cross platform viewing, a gain of 3.34 million viewers. The episode did numbers because everyone was ready for a little bit of change, and we got that in the form of a bunch of oldies going after here. Easy. Meet our Golden Bachelor, Gary, married for 43 years to his high school sweetheart, who he unfortunately lost tragically to illness as documented at the beginning of this i don't know about you guys the scene and it was very quick of his daughters telling him they want him to go on this won't replace mom it got me in the waterworks in like the first 10 minutes of the show it punched me right in the mouth charlotte mike i was crying literally two minutes in my husband looked at me and was like wait are you are you already crying and i was like no i yes i just like he and then gary starts crying and i was just like full-on crying i think this is the smartest thing abc has ever done i also think that all reality shows should have older people on them they know who they are they know what they want they are unapologetic they're wacky in fun ways also yeah. though I'm really worried about these people. I don't want to see these ladies go through the drama. I don't want to see Gary crying and saying this is the second worst moment of my life after my wife died, as the previews have shown. Which, I by the way, this... that went a little bit too far. That if I was, was one of his kids, I'd be kind yeah. of pissed about that. Yeah, Iowa, yeah, that yeah. was a little much. Dad, yeah. listen, I... relax. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I am intrigued for the drama. I also think it's going to be a lot harder so... to watch than the other dramas I, I was the best I was, part about it though to that end is it's only an hour long which is yeah, an incredible true. change up in this franchise and much needed day. i do like that because i would have been kimmel's aunt who fell asleep and i'm sure Jimmy. i know it was, i know it was all staged and all that but that would have that would have been me I, I would have fallen asleep that's too much for me my biggest question is his name is spelled g-e-r-r-y why is he called gary because he's from i i where is he from I mean, iowa yeah, that that, that one I didn't understand, but I will say as I watched it, I did pick the the first impression rose. I you, your mother asked me who was going. I said it's going to go to the girl lady who came in on a motorcycle because I don't yes. remember their names, and that, that would be, be my biggest th issue Faith. is I don't remember any of their names. So that would be which you would have in common okay. with Jesse Palmer, the host, who by the way has been excellent. Having Jesse yeah. be the host is like having a former player. It's like D'Amico Ryan's going to the yeah. Texans, having a former player in that chair, a guy who understands what Gary's been through. But you can even tell the experience is different for him. Uh, but yes, that was Faith, who by the way, we need to root for. If you're looking for people to root for there, I really like Teresa, really big fan of Edith. And um, what we had in the first impression rose was great with Faith. Local radio host was her bio there. Oh, so I feel like yes. for those of us in sports media, we need to go ahead and root for one of our own, even though she did the cringy thing and busted out the guitar on the first night, which she is usually did. a big no-no. Because there's go no way to, to be her. serenaded nice. I'm going to find her local radio clips and I'm going to listen. I'm going to find out where I, if this is real, if she's actually a local radio host. And I'm going to report back on what I find. That, that's good. We, we will need to know that. I, I, the, how about the lady who had, who said she dated Prince? I mean, we have no idea if that's <laughs> that true or not. But, she, but, but she sure threw that one in there, right? She couldn't wait to get that one in there. Yeah, I uh, don't believe her necessarily on that. She <laughs> didn't she say Prince wrote a song about her? She was the dance instructor uh, whose name is escaping me at the Leslie. moment, but. Leslie, the dance Didn't instructor. Sorry, I'm yeah. so good at this. Sorry, yeah. I'm so good at this. That's why we've got you on for this wonderful segment yeah. called Reality Check each and every Wednesday, where we'll be following along with The Golden Bachelor all season long this year. So strap in, folks, for an experience unlike any other. Everyone check out Oddball, Charlotte Wilder, and Amin Hassan. Charlotte, we love you, bud. Thank you so much. Coming up next, let's get some more NFL talk. Why not? <laughs> 